Welcome to the Connection Codes podcast. This is the podcast where we break open our emotions that take us from being disconnected to connected in our relationships and in ourselves. I am your host, Tara Wages, and I am here with marriage and family therapist, clinical sexologist, Dr. Glenn Hill, and his mastermind of a wife, the woman who figures everything out and actually is able to apply it to our lives, Phyllis Hill. And they are also the founders of the Connection Codes, which is the Connection Codes is simply how humans connect to each other. It's the language and teaching how to process our emotion so we can live without as little conflict or overcoming our conflict quickly and as with as little damage as possible. Mm. And I think that really has become my goal. It's just as little damage as possible. And one of the questions that we get a lot is what is happening when you are both experiencing really intense emotion? Mm. Mm. I know that Wes and I have been there. I'm sure I know y'all have been there. Yeah. Mm. So that's where we're headed today. Wow. Yeah. Hello, well, world. Yes. Hi, friends. So... Uh, one thing we do need to acknowledge is that our studio looks different. It mm. does. For those of you who are actually watching and not just listening mm. to yes. this podcast, uh, so we're really excited about that. The mm-hmm. fact that we are actually in Franklin, Tennessee, yeah. instead of in Florence, Alabama. Yes. And uh, this is just down the street from our house, which we love that as well. And we, this really is giving us more opportunities to have more uh, podcasts and really tackle more topics, uh, which is fun. Um, and as far as just with what the questions that come in, which we get questions a lot, which we love and so mm-hmm. thankful for. And one of them ones is when, when one of us is expressing an intense emotion, uh, and it triggers something for the other that then can show intense emotion from the other. So, uh, this actually just happened to us, um, just in the last two weeks and we were speaking in Illinois and on our way there, which we love road trips and we were super excited. And, um, we started off, you know, getting, getting, getting in the car, getting on the road and, you know, flooded with joy as far as just how we get to talk for the next, Mm. you know, six hours. Um, and then, you know, Glenn expressed a pain that he had. And I don't know if you want to, I'll just tell my version of what happened and then you can fill in or tell. Yeah. I just want to interject real quickly because, um, Tira mentioned just conflicts, you know, having as, as few as possible, causing as little damage as possible. Uh, Certainly that's true, but also these conflicts actually can draw you closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is not scientific, but we kind of, you know, Phyllis and I view it as there are ten, there's tension, tense moments, then there's conflict, and then there's actual disconnects. And we rarely ever have uh, disconnects. Uh, but we have conflict. Uh, we Again, not r- real often, but our goal is that that conflict will actually reveal things and help mm-hmm. us to be even more connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not just a question of not doing damage, which is certainly the desire, but actually that the conflict accomplishes something, mm-hmm. which our conflict in the, that we're about to share certainly did that. It, it was really amazing. I love that. So what happened, Glenn expressed uh, a pain point and it had to do with business, had to do with banking and, and, you know, just the logistics of that. Mm. And then kind of followed it up with, um, 
kind of like the second layer of that pain point was or is that I didn't follow through with my part, that I didn't show up, that I didn't do the thing that I said I would do in this um, banking situation. And I, I do the way I remember it is that when Glenn expressed this pain point, I ooed and I was like, yeah, I get that. That's a real pain point. And it's an ongoing, it's not like a one time thing. It's like this never ending pain point that we're trying to get done. And, um, I think my first response was a good connection code. Ooh. And then, which I think opened up Glenn as far as he felt then safe. Mm. And then he expressed the nether layer of the pain, which is my part of it. My not showing up, my not following through with what, um, he felt that I had committed to. And, and it's interesting because in that moment, you know, connection codes completely went out of my brain Mm. and, which after hours of conversation realized I was really triggered in that and felt yeah. accused and, and responded in a, in a, like that defensive way of explaining myself. And part of it was even in asking questions. And then Glenn, of course, is a question asker too, but I think very quickly, for Glenn, he felt not seen and heard and mm. ooed that all of a sudden it became about me. And, and it was so, we became so logistical, you mm. know, like as in, um, didn't you say X, Y, Z? And of course I don't have, I'm never able to say like, I don't have that memory of, I exactly said this. I don't right. ever have that confidence where Glenn has yeah. it more. And, Which doesn't mean I'm accurate. It just means right. I, I think I remember. Yes. And, and so, you know, the, I would say the challenge of a road trip is that you can't get out of the car. Mm. And so very quickly, it just became painful, like extremely painful in our back and forth of yeah. What are the logistics? Who's remembering what correctly? And I think in those moments, Glenn's questions, I, I, the way I experience his questions is that I'm, he's trying to catch me in a, aha, mm. trying to catch me in a lie, trying to catch me in a default of, you know, see there, you're admitting it or, and so I panic and mm. I feel like mm. every word coming out of my mouth I have to be able to, um, like, I feel instantly like I'm in a courtroom Mm. instantly. Like Mm. there is a lawyer, there's a judge, there's a jury, and I don't even have a lawyer. Like I'm sitting at the table by myself. Mm. Glenn is at the other table with a lawyer and that lawyer is super smart and he's going to catch me. And, and then the jury's listening to the lawyer and the judge is, you know, it's like, it's just this crazy thing where I don't, I panic in how I'm responding to questions and because I, I'm like not explaining myself. And, and I I remember at one point you would, you even said, okay, so what you're saying is the only reason you went to the bank that day, you know, however many weeks ago or months ago is to sign papers. Is that what you're saying? And then I panic because I'm like, 
I don't know, is that what I'm saying? Because if I say yes, then that lawyer is going to use that against mm. me. But if I say no, then I'm catching, then I'm also admitting that then the next thing is, so see, you didn't follow through. And so it was, it was just so painful because we just got so caught up in the, um, the logistics of who said what and what was the next action. And, and then, um, I think for me more and more, I kind of panicked and with that panic, um, I don't make sense. Like my, you know, extreme, that intense emotion shuts down. Cognition was really playing out in that moment. And I think for Glenn, he got super confused because my reaction got strong, like bigger and bigger, which is what we discovered later Mm -hmm. after we were able to talk it through, um, is that it triggered for me and I, I got there. It took a little bit. Mm. Like it felt like forever in a way. I mean, but we were driving. We had nowhere to go outside of this car. Like as in, you know, it just, it was painful, but we stuck with it. And where it took me at one point, as I said, for our whole married life, I hear the sentence, if you would just help me, we would be successful. Mm. If you would just get involved, this would go well. And it took me back to when I was a stay-at-home mom. The four children were at home. We were homeschooling. And Glenn was uh, self-employed. He was a contractor. And he would say, if you would help me with the invoices, this would go well, or the business side would go well. And even back in those days, I felt like I was doing all I could do just as a mom, as yeah. a, you know, mm. And I I remember that back then I thought, I know nothing. I know nothing about computers. I don't know how to do an Excel spreadsheet. I don't know anything about construction. I don't know how to measure a room and square footage. Like I I know nothing and I don't know how to create an invoice and how to do all of that. But again, I didn't have the language. I didn't really even back then know how to communicate. I would would give him a still face. I would stare at him blankly Mm. like, are you really asking this of me? But I wouldn't say anything or stare at him when he would say that. But in my mind, I would go, okay, I don't know how to do that, but instead I'm going to try to do everything else. Mm. I'll take the trash out. I'll do the laundry. I'll cook all the meals. I'll clean the house. I'll take care of the kids. I'll homeschool the kids. I'll drive them everywhere. I'll never Mm. ask you of anything. I will never express my needs Mm. because I don't know how to do this one thing that you're saying, if you simply would do this one thing, we would be a successful business. And, and over the years, Glenn, it's not just like a one-time thing over the years, over the 40 years we've been married, Glenn, I've heard him say often, if you would partner with me, connection codes would explode. If you would partner with me, this would go well. If you would, and I always felt that that was I didn't have the language to go, this is how I'm experiencing that. Mm. And even in the car ride, I began crying Mm. and, and I'm not a crier. So it went really deep for me. And I started expressing to him how painful this has been our whole married life. That what I hear is you are not enough. You don't ever do enough. If you would just get up off the couch and do this one thing, we would be a successful family and, and, but again, without the language, I, I, I would just still face him. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't say, 
this overwhelms me. I, I, I don't, yeah, I well. don't hear this. And of course we know now uh, all the more that Glenn sees me as the most capable woman yeah. on the planet. Like there's nothing I don't know how to do. And that's just not true. And that's for sure not how I view myself, mm-hmm. but that is how he has viewed me. And so what I received from him over the years was like I'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs going, of course I know how to do invoices. I just choose not to. Mm. Where inside I am panicking, like overwhelmed with fear because I don't know how to do an invoice and I don't know how to measure a room and how to even figure out what you would charge and and how you would do this. And so we didn't partner together back then. But I didn't know how, I didn't have the language to say what was happening for me. So it's almost to him like I was sticking my nose up at him, going, You're on your own, buddy. Yeah. And so we missed each other so much. But on that car ride, it all came out. Mm. And I mean, I was crying and crying. And and it was like I went back into those moments in, in our 40 years and I was pulling them each out and saying them and saying them and saying them and talking about each incident and how that, how I inside myself felt. And so he responded beautifully because in those mo- in that moment, that was sacred to him mm. to hear all of that pain come out of me. Yeah. And that, and of course I didn't in the, in those moments, I was just, it was like, it had to come out. Hmm. It, it was just like, it was oozing out of me. And so I didn't even think, Hmm, I wonder how he's going to respond in that moment. It just hmm. had to come out. Wow. And then he responded so beautifully and tenderly. And so it brought it all down. It was such a heightened at such a heightened level, yeah. but then it brought it all down. Yeah. And he ooed me so well, and he mm. was like, ah. Oh. It was almost like it was that moment of, this is this is the what's happening behind all of this. Mm. And this is, you know, because his emotion started off the pain. He was the one expressing his pain. Mm. He was the one deep in it, but mm. it triggered within me right, yeah. a deeper pain. Yeah, And he showed up for that deeper pain. Mm. And then... I think his ooing me brought it all down to a level where then we connected emotionally really, really yeah. well. And we're then able to just go, whoa, what just happened? And talk that through in a really beautiful way. Yeah. And we don't like that we missed each other so badly for a, a bit. I mean, not, we don't keep track, but I'm sure it was at least an hour, if not mm-hmm. more. Of course, we're on this road trip, which we normally love. Uh, so that was, you know, painful in and of itself. But again, the conflict actually took us to a really cool place. Mm-hmm. So I heard this stuff and, you know, I've re- said a number of times that I've learned more about you in the last two to three years than I have all the other years combined because mm-hmm. we're at a level of authenticity mm-hmm. where I'm seeing the real Phyllis. I'm seeing the authentic self and vice mm-hmm. versa that you're seeing that more and more in me. So I saw things in you that I had no idea. Uh, and we've shared before on a podcast that they're because we're safe together and connected that I actually tease you at times when you'll share something and I'll go, that's, that's not true. That's not how Phyllis operates. I, I know Phyllis. I've been with her a lot, but it is. And, and again, I'm very quick to go, you know, that I'm teasing about that because I'm just startled in, mm-hmm. in an amazing, wonderful way, because just as Phyllis shared, 
I assumed all those years. I mean, my experience with her, especially because I was getting a still face from her, which she's having a still face because she's terrified and she's flooded with shame. And that was a big thing that we talked about in the car ride is that you get so flooded with shame about not being able to do whatever to, mm. you know, to help me, to partner with me, assist in, in this uh, task, this endeavor, whatever it was. But again, what I'm experiencing is that, wow, she literally doesn't care. This mm. means nothing to her. Uh, I've asked her multiple times. And again, this is way pre-connection codes. I didn't have the, the language, the tools to convey my need. I just basically criticized uh, you in it. Uh, but for me to see just on that car ride the, the shame that you were flooded with mm. so much. And then the, now this is a trigger for you. So when I mentioned this, because it was almost an in, in passing comment about mm-hmm. the pain that I experienced, I thought it was going to be, you know, 10 seconds uh, and ended up being literally hours uh, because it triggered you so much. And uh, which I would suggest is a trauma, you know, it's a trauma response uh, just based on the past. And we just didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, as, as I'm, as we're riding along and as the time is passing and you get, uh, connected to yourself to the authentic self and then it goes really deep i'm just mesmerized mm-hmm. and 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 thrilled in a morbid type of way <laughs> that i'm the like wait what <laughs> or maybe just the human in me i'm mm-hmm. like whoa i'm seeing this girl deeper than uh i don't like to speak in absolutes but maybe deeper than i've ever seen her mm-hmm. before the 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 more authentic what's the the more of authentic the authenticer uh <laughs> version the authenticest version of phyllis and i was mm. just startled i had no idea you know if someone had interviewed me an hour before that and said you know is this what happens to phyllis over the years i'd be like no absolutely not i just had no idea mm. and so it took us uh to just an incredible beautiful place uh, and again, this is part of why I'm so mesmerized by you even more the last several years is because I'm seeing the real, uh, Phyllis and, and you are so, you are competent and capable in so many areas and you look that way. And so all those years, all those decades that we were together, I just assumed that you were competent and capable in everything, which included mm-hmm. being able to help me get stuff done. And so I was just stunned that you were mm. so cold hearted and I remember thinking that so many times like this is amazing I'm drowning over here and she just doesn't care mm-hmm. how, how is this possible that she's seeing that she's observing this other human being dying and she just can't be bothered mm. with it which again that's not at all what was happening with you but that was what mm. I was experiencing so circling back around to the whole idea that well what do you do when two people both get hit uh, with an emotion and we kind of covered something on the car ride that I hadn't never really gotten to before and I'm still not even sure if it's going to be an official connection goes protocol before but what we talked about so much on that uh, at the, at, as we continued on the ride is that I guess there are time well let me just say, state the protocol first you know our positioning as connection coders is that we process the first emotion first uh, one of the byproducts of that is it pushes each person in the relationship to share first, to share quicker. So, you know, if if you and I are having a, an interaction and I share something that then prompts uh, an emotion for you, 
it's, I want you to be able to be authentic, to be able to go, whoo, I feel some fear about this, and we'll, but we'll talk about my fear in a minute. So what's happening for you here, babe? What am I missing? And we're going to process the first emotion first. There may be times, and I'm willing to discuss this and debate it and even retract it later if we uh, vote against it, but I think there may be times, and this is certainly what happened in the car, where I have a splinter under my fingernail and it hurts like crazy, and then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, Phyllis's clothes catch on fire. Mm-hmm. So now my finger still hurts, but we're going to reprioritize here. It's not exactly fair to Glenn because Glenn got the splinter mm-hmm. under his fingernail first, but Phyllis's clothes are on fire. So we can't say, you know what, we're just going to deal with Glenn's splinter first, and then at some point we'll get to Phyllis's uh, fire issue. We can't do that because it's too much. It's too intense. So, again, this sounds a little bit non-connection coverage, but I think there are times that that's the case. I don't want that to be the standard because otherwise the first per- the person that shared the first emotion feels disregarded, mm-hmm. loses identity, You know, then we're going to have all that uh, situation. Uh, but there may be times where that's the case. But in general... Uh, we're just going to process the first emotion first. And that was a really deep, deep, intense yeah. scenario with the two of us and went to somewhere where I, I don't think either one of us ever imagined uh, that it would go. But typically, we want to process the first uh, process the first emotion first. And we're not talking about 45 minutes here. You know, if you say to me, babe, I felt hurt uh, by what you said earlier, and I don't think I said that. Mm. And then I get hit with probably fear and some pain that somehow you got a message that I did not intend. Uh, and I'll say that to you in the moment. I'll just go, oh, I feel some pain that that's what you heard. But we'll talk about my pain in a second. What's happening for you? What all was the hurt there for you? And we're going to process that first. Uh, and again, it, typically for us, it's going to be 30 seconds uh, or less that we process that first emotion and then get to the other person. No, go ahead. I think a big part of it, though, where non-connection coders miss on Mm. are people that are early in their journey in what we've been trained up to do is we get stuck in this cycle because in the beginning, you know, Phyllis felt like she was ooing you and so then it's going to move along Mm. and then it opened up. And then typically after that, when one partner starts getting hit with a lot of intense emotion about what pain the other one has caused Mm. the fact that you didn't become defensive is what's ultimately connected you and saved it over time where so often one of us gets hit with this pain point and the other one's like oh i didn't mean to do that i didn't know why didn't you tell me then Mm. you know and, and we that then we are stuck in the middle of a hurricane with each other and that's where the emotions even become more intense instead of like, and we were talking off the podcast a moment ago of where I really feel like I've screwed up in life. Mm. And Glenn so kindly is like, Oh, you missed, Mm. you know, don't, don't say that, you know, you're a screw up. Like Mm. you missed on this thing. Mm. And so for you to be able to sit in the car and listen to your beloved Mm. weep, over pain that she was in that you didn't intend to cause her. Mm-hmm. And for you to just be able to say to yourself, oh, I missed on that and now I'm learning about it. And yeah. I love her more because I know instead of saying, yeah. 
I'm angry at you that you didn't tell me then because I think that's so often what we do. Mm. So I've just, I've noticed that when two intense emotions come, it tends to escalate to the highest part when one of you becomes defensive. Mm. It's typically Mm. me in my relationship, Mm. but this is a beautiful example of what can happen when you don't. Mm. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, and uh, you know, we reference the three phrases all the time. Uh, you know, I've started saying that that's our international gang symbol is the, <laughs> the ooh, what's happening. I missed it. Uh, and the ooh, there's several dozen versions of it. It's just a label. It doesn't have to literally be an ooh. But the what happens and I missed it are pretty close to empirical. I feel really confident in the research on that. And that's the power of being able to say I missed it as opposed to pathologizing because somebody could look at it. Glenn could look at Glenn and that and go, well, Glenn, you're an idiot. You're an absolute failure as a husband because you didn't know this is what was happening with your wife literally for decades. Well, okay. I'm not going to hang out with those people if that's the way they reference me. But for me to be able to just say, wow, shoot, I missed that. Uh, Mm. It's so depathologizing and allows space for me just to go, yep, I missed it. Dang, I feel some guilt about that. I really miss that uh, with you. But then also the ooh, which again is just a label. We just reference it that way. But if nothing else, the ooh buys you time. And so for me to be able to ooh Phyllis and give her seven versions of the ooh, just go, oh, wow. Hmm, okay. Yeah, I I hear you. If nothing else, first of all, it helps her to feel my presence. We know this scientifically. It tickles her brain differently than if I'm silent. But it also buys me time just to catch up. Uh, And I'm talking about 10 seconds uh, for me to be able to be present uh, with her. But I'm being audible so she doesn't think that I'm just not interested because I'm totally silent. And then I become a still face for her. I don't remember the timing as far as how long I cried, how long Mm -hmm. I shared. But one thing I do remember about that is that Glenn sat quietly Mm and gave me that time. Mm. And what I mean by that, and it's not, it's not that he was still facing me. He was, uh, audibly, but he was almost respecting Mm. all of my pain Mm. and he didn't interrupt. He didn't ask questions. And, and what, and I, and I do remember him touching me and Mm. it was a very tender touch on my arm, very tender, and I could feel the tenderness, which gave me the space. Hmm. It allowed me to keep going. And so I had opened up almost like a door to something very painful that I didn't even know was there. Hmm. But when I didn't feel negative energy from him, I felt hmm. safe hmm. and I felt his compassion. I kept going. It was a very scary yeah. hallway mm. that I was going down. It was a very scary set of stairs that I was wow. descending into. Mm. It was a very dark abyss that I was going to, wow. but I could feel he was coming with me mm. with no judgment. And right. so then I just kept going. And and again, I don't know if it lasted 30 minutes. I have no idea, but I, I think that sometimes we react to each other's pain by almost wanting to hurry through it Mm. almost like uh or even with the verbiage i missed it like to jump in and go well i missed it Mm. and it's like oh that was you just jumped the gun there like you should have just sat in that with her with him you should have just sat quietly and observed and gone down that into that black hole holding 
holding her hand, holding his hand, like just go there and let it be said. Mm -hmm. And then, because I felt like when it was all over, like even I was shocked. Like I was shocked Mm -hmm. that I went there, that I found that room, that I found Mm -hmm. that set of staircase. Like I, I was like, man, I didn't even know. And, and then I just loved that Glenn gave it time, that he allowed it in a sense of, because he didn't react, um, quickly it just was like and i think you you kind of knew that it was sacred like you mm. treated it like that mm. and then when it was all done i think we were both exhausted i was exhausted mm. emotionally and and it was almost like I, the way i remember it is you even saying wow thank you for sharing mm. that with me like he felt honored even though it was yeah. a whole lot of pain about him yeah in a sense yeah like all of these memories and, um, and I think even as I was crying and talking, the way I remember it is I think I was, my voice was escalated. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that I was yelling, but I mean, I, I, I was even like repeating a phrase over and over, mm-hmm. you know, like as in this was a, a really big deal. And at no point did you stop it at no point did you, mm-hmm correct me or ask anything. And that just allowed me to really get it all out. And we were talking with, uh, with someone recently who's fairly new to the connection codes. And, um, he said to us, he says, you know, I, maybe as, as a man, I've been conditioned to, you know, not express emotion. Matter of fact, he said, as a boy, my parents constantly said, you're, you're, uh, so sensitive. Mm. You're so sensitive. Was that the right wording? So Mm -hmm. sensitive, very judged, like, as in that's wrong to be so sensitive. Mm -hmm. And so as a man, a business owner, you know, takes, took great pride in, you know, that, but it's, of course, as we know, then you don't connect with anyone. Mm. And it, if you're married, it really damages your marriage. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so he is new to the connection codes and he's beginning this journey. And he's like, whoa, whoa, mm. whoa. And uh, he's he was just sharing uh, very intimately with us about how he just had like a really meltdown a few weeks ago. And he mm. said, I, I think I was having a nervous breakdown. I'm not sure what that even is, but... I was crying. And so at one point we said, Are, do you not cry? And he was like, oh, no, of course yeah. I don't cry. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he had this, what he called a breakdown and was weeping, he said, oh, this must be a mental, this must be a mental breakdown. Like a, I'm having a nervous breakdown because I'm crying. And, and then even in talking with us, it's like all these light bulbs were going off and he mm-hmm. goes, or maybe I was just connecting with my emotions. Mm. Maybe I was letting out what I've been storing for yeah. 60 years. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that it's, it's such a good reminder. If you as a listener are new to this, that as you begin this journey, and if you've been storing your whole life and stuffing your emotions yeah. that, and it, and you know, we have the tool that we talk about the core emotion wheel mm. and that sometimes people will do that. And it's almost like, for some, it opens up and they open up and they find that stairwell and they go down mm. into pain and they process a lot of things. Um, then there's others who use the wheel almost in a way that it doesn't ever connect them because mm. they don't give it the time. They don't allow it 
to actually go beyond almost like it becomes just this little ritual. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, depending on where you are, you may be going, um, yeah, that's the way we use the wheel. It's never, it never takes us into mm. a deep, yeah. deeper mm. place. Mm. And I would just say you're missing something mm. because this is supposed to take you to a deeper place where yeah. you find those stairwells that you need to go down into. And, you know, that was, I mean, it was a painful car ride. I think when we got to our Airbnb, we were both exhausted, but you know, the beautiful thing about it too, for us is then the next day we spoke all day to this wonderful group and, you know, several hundred people and we shared our conflict. And when it was all over, one of the couples, um, that's on leadership of this church took us out and they were like, we can't believe you did that. Mm. Like you just, opened up with us something that was so raw and something that had just happened the day before. And we thought it would all just be staged. Everything that you shared, everything you did would just be, you know, but when we realized you were sharing something so real, so raw that it just happened yesterday, she said, my husband and I were squeezing each other's like, and going, we can't believe y'all are doing this. And I'm thinking, wow, guys, how far have we come as a society where that mm. is such a big deal mm. for a speaker to get up and speak about a painful conflict from the day before, right? you know, and to think, wow, yeah, if we are, and of course the Glenn and I always say this, if we're not doing it, if mm. people don't see that, man, right. we're just on this journey too, we haven't arrived and yeah. we still yeah. at moments lose each other. And we still yeah. in moments forget the connection codes protocols and, and yet when we do miss, like we did right at first, mm. it was a really painful conflict or it felt so painful in the first few mm. moments, but then it led us to somewhere mm. really, really beautiful because right. we stuck it out. We hung in there. We didn't abandon it. Yeah. Kind of a side note, but I just, I said to the couple in that moment, I said, there's a little bit of joy that you, you know, cause they were really honoring of us. I said, but there's mostly pain and anger that this stands out to you mm. so much because yeah. they said you know, they were so emphatic. They said, we've never seen a couple share like that before. And I'm like, what? Never? This should be standard. And they said, well, we typically hear this couple say, oh, well, you know, 15 years ago, we had this struggle. You know, 10 years ago, we had a problem. And you're talking about yesterday. <laughs> yeah, Which, again, that's the human condition is we process it as it's real, as it's current, as it's yeah. present. Not to say, and you can also share things from 10 years ago. But I, my fear is that that's what pe- people typically experience with leaders, with presenters, is that they only share stuff that's mm-hmm. now benign, you know, because yeah. you figure, oh, well, that's 10 years ago. Uh, and, and then one other thing I, I wanted to share, um, and I've completely drawn a blank, so somebody oh, else I have something, something then. Oh. Yeah, I have so no idea what it what was. I was thinking when you were talking about how, you know, people can do the will differently. You know, mm-hmm. some people use it to go deep with each other and the other people, it's either a ritual or something very surface level. And I think a lot of that goes back to how safe we feel mm-hmm. with the other person. Yeah. Wow. And so to me, in listening to this story, it just shows a couple of things. One, how far y'all have come in your safety mm-hmm. in your relationship yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. where, you know, 20 years ago when, you know, Dr. Glenn is asking you to do these invoices. Right. You couldn't share with him because you didn't mm. feel safe with him to share what was happening with you. Yeah. So then you were giving a still face, which then caused further pain for you both. Yeah. And versus now you were able to share an even deeper pain and even mm. deeper emotion 
because you have facilitated such safety in your relationship. Mm -hmm. And so if you are going through this process and you don't feel like your partner is still is being authentic, you're like, we've been doing this for a few months, but they're not, they're not being real. Mm -hmm. We're still not connecting on a deep Mm -hmm. emotional level. It may be that you need to look and ask your partner, how can I be a safe space for you? What am I doing that I may be mm-hmm. missing to be safe. And it may be that he he or she needs that touch or that space of do not mm. interrupt. Uh, we're mm. teaching our kids the wheel. We do it every mm. night. And I have one kid that everything that the other person says, they get triggered with something like, oh, one time I did this. I'm like, no, mm. no, no, no. This is not, we don't talk, well, you know, when the yeah. other person is sharing authentically. Yeah. Yeah. And so for Glenn, for you to sit there, for an hour mm. or more quietly, right. but not quietly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. audibly, mm-hmm. and not interjecting anything, I think is the most beautiful mm. thing right. that mm-hmm. we can do for our partners yeah. Yeah. that we don't know to do mm-hmm. for our partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and that's actually, I just remembered what I was going to say, is just that, because it's important that people understand, I could have said to Phyllis, and I would have been totally correct if I had said to her, you should have shared that with me 25 years ago or 35 years ago. You could have, you should have, you didn't. Shame on you. I would have been mm. totally correct and absolutely wrong. And that's mm. a fundamental connection because protocol. Uh, we can be totally correct and absolutely wrong. We're totally correct as far as the information, as far as the content, and absolutely wrong relationally. Mm. And this is what we see with people so much of the time is that, you know, I nailed her on the facts, the figures, the content, and I am correct. Well, that's actually true. It's not mm. that I'm lying. It's not that I'm wrong in it, but I'm absolutely wrong relationally. Uh, you know, should Phyllis have shared that 35 years ago? Heck if I know. I mean, sure. I mean, if we're voting, I'm going to vote for that every time. But she didn't have that within her mm-hmm. uh, in that moment. And the other part of it, like you mentioned here, is I contributed to to that not on purpose i just didn't know how to be safe with her so she mm. didn't share it with me 35 years ago because there was no way in the world she mm. was going to share something that deep that vulnerable that authentic 35 years ago because i wasn't safe for her right. and mm. it's just the last few years that that has really begun gelling and you don't have to be 50 before you get this you yeah. know our dream is that people mm. get this their whole lifespan and that teenagers dating, uh, you know, young uh, couples, engaged couples, young marriage, that they get it and they never experience all of the pain that we did. You know, one of the things we talked about, because we had the drive there and then we had the drive home, which on the drive home, the whole conflict on the way there came back up. Yeah. And so we kind of, I would say, went went back over it and and then kind of talked some more about just those times in our lives Hmm. and of course we didn't have the connection codes language glenn didn't know how to express his um shame and not knowing himself how Mm. to do business better and and his own stuff that he was experiencing but what the other thing that came out and of course if you know, if you know a lot about the connection, because you've heard the term cyclation, mm-hmm. and 
we lived in cycleation and we i even brought up this yeah. when we first got married we owned a, a mountain cabin that's where we lived and right away we had plumbing issues and uh glenn out of shame out of fear uh did not ever think he could hire a plumber so he thought he had to learn it himself and he had to mm. fix it himself and the fear was this is going to cost fifty thousand dollars if we mm. call a plumber and we don't have $50,000. So the fear said, do not call a plumber. And the shame was probably the message that he mm. heard from older brothers that said, you idiot, you should be able to fix a pipe that's leaking. Yeah. And so, and of course, I didn't know any of that. He didn't express any of that. And we were young and yeah. I trusted that, oh, mm. you are not supposed to call a plumber because this gun costs $50,000. And so we spent... I did co-regulate with him. We would both crawl under the house and sit there with a torch um, and solder. Is that right? And we would try to find the hole and Mm. we would solder and it would take, and sometimes it'd burn your fingers Mm. and drip down and scorch your hand. And, uh, and then we would think we'd fixed it and probably nine times out of 10, it wasn't fixed. Mm. And it was was 10 out of 10. Okay. But it was this, ongoing painful mm. experience yeah. and and we we just brought that back up to, you know when we were talking on the way back home from this trip mm. that it's it's like not knowing how to process your emotions froze us mm. into a behavior mm. that was so unnecessary mm. like yeah. we could have so easily afforded a plumber yeah. we could have called a plumber and this was 40 years ago. So for a couple of, maybe a hundred bucks, he would have come and fixed what took us months and months of failure, which just brought the anxiety level up so much on that. And then, but it carried into other things. Like when Glenn was, um, when he did start his own business as a contractor, he didn't do the business side well, but never in a million years would we have hired someone to help us with that side of it. Yeah. That was no way do you get help. No way. Because number one, you just know it's going to cost $50,000 to get help. And number two, that means you're a failure and there's Mm. so much shame in that, that you don't follow into that. And wow, that was a crazy conversation that we Mm. had of like, wow, we've lived our whole married life kind of with that as a underlying, like, don't get help. And mm. don't, don't learn how to do this actually well and, and just keep it all just that pain, just leave it in the level of pain. Mm. Don't, don't process, don't get further into yeah. Yeah. actually turning this into success mm. by getting help, by reaching out, by hiring someone that's really good at it to do that part of it. Yeah. And I know some of our younger viewers are going, well, that was stupid. You should have just YouTubed it. This was before YouTube. Right. Okay. There was no such thing. That is, that's such a good point. (laughs) And I mean that you're, you're being funny, but it really is. Last week, uh, my dear friend Rowena and I fixed our dishwasher because we did a YouTube and now you've got two, two ladies with gray hair in their sixties YouTubing how to fix a dishwasher. And we did it and it felt so amazing, but I would never have attempted that by Mm. myself. I had to co-regulate with someone else. And then there we are watching YouTube videos over and over because you have to pause it and then you got to try it. And then it's like, wait, rewind that. And 
It was very comical. I wish someone had been there with a camera. But it is amazing just the power of co-regulation because yeah. I came home while the two of you were doing that and yeah. both of you were just laughing. Yes, we were And giggling. you would think you're at some party or something. Right, you had the right. time of your life doing that. And I think if you had been alone doing that, that would oh have been goodness, so, so overwhelming. overwhelming. And, you know, of course, that's Connection Goes Protocol. You use so much less energy yeah. co-regulating than you do self-regulating. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I really think it's so important to even just see the, I think my big takeaway is that creating the safety, mm. you know, when two yeah. people are feeling escalated, mm-hmm. it's just asking yourself and it takes both of you to be responsible for mm. yourself of how can I create safety for the other person wow. yeah. so they can share. And mm. it's the first emotion. And if not the first, the biggest, if someone is on mm. fire, Right. To put the yeah. fire out first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, when you don't know where to go, sometimes because Wes and I are earlier on in our journey than y'all. And mm. so if we find ourselves both with really heightened emotions and we are really quick to just wanting to be like, let's just separate for a minute, you know, like we just need to be apart. Instead, what we've started doing, we pull the wheel out immediately. Mm. You know, I, I we can both feel super strong emotions, yeah. but we'll throw the wheel down and both go through it, and it slows us both down enough to where we can be in touch and actually have to listen to each other. Let's see who is on fire, yeah. mm-hmm. because we may not even know. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it helps us to be aware. Because, again, like Wes could be exploding about something. Not he doesn't explode very often, but he could be really upset about something, mm-hmm. and it looks logistical to me. But then once we slow down and do the right. wheel, I can see... Oh, wow, this is a much bigger, he's feeling these really intense yeah. emotions and I yeah. need to tune in because he's on fire. Mm. Mm. And so we literally leave the wheel all over our house. Mm. You know, I feel like we're always together. I'm like, here's one for my yeah. backpack. Yeah. Here's one on my fridge. <laughs> like, here's one on my nightstand. Yeah, we have them saved in our favorites folders on our phones. Mm. That way we can quickly find it mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. our phone. So I encourage you to leave them all over your house mm-hmm. and all over where you can access them. So if you find yourself in an intense emotion, Start there if you don't know where to start. Find out who's on fire hmm. and then create safety where you can both share and listen to yeah. each other. Yeah, and I just have to add real quickly because I hear this all the time from people who have been to marriage therapists who, and one of the things, the, the phraseology they use a lot is, well, I just want to understand what he's experiencing. I just want to mm. understand what she's feeling. There's the huge percentage of the time, maybe a majority or a vast majority of the time, I don't understand what Phyllis is experiencing. She's a very different human than I am. We're as different today as we've Mm -hmm. ever been. We haven't cloned Mm -hmm. each other. And there are tons of times that I experience things that don't make a bit of sense to her. She will never understand. She couldn't possibly understand Mm -hmm. some of the odd things that her odd partner goes through. She doesn't need to understand. Mm -hmm. She's just able to ooh me and go, oh, wow. So so that's what happens for you there. Mm -hmm. Okay, I totally missed that. And it's very, very connecting. But for her to say to me, I understand, I'd be like, no, you don't. If you understood, (laughs) you'd do it the same way that I did it. She doesn't understand at all. So I just want people to know that you don't have to understand. There's Mm -hmm. lots of things about tear. I don't understand. They don't make a bit of sense to me. But that's real for her. That's what she's experiencing. And I can make safe space for her and go, oh, Mm -hmm. wow, dang. So that's what happens to you. Okay. I hear you. I missed that. I, I just, mm. I'm a little slow. I just missed it. Wow. And then we connect through that, but that does not mean that I understand. It just means I'm present with her. Wow. So wanna... are we ready to do the wheel? Yep. So do we want to do issues specific on that conflict yeah. we had? Sure. Okay. All yeah. right. You want to go okay. first? Or you want me to go first? Yeah. Uh, 
think I can remember. Um, I'm trying to think if I'll get all eight. I'm not sure, but we'll see. Um, well, Joy, I mean, just the way it all played out, just mm. to get to see you, um, and a lot of pain in that. There was yeah. certainly hurt, like, oh, wow, it was a sharp, stabbing pain to realize all these years yeah. that this was happening for you, and I just missed it, missed it, missed it. A lot mm. of guilt and shame in that, like, dang, mm. Lynn. Um, mm. Because this was not a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was, who knows, hundreds, thousands yeah. of woundings of, of trauma experiences that you had, mm-hmm. not knowing what to do yeah. uh, in the moment and not being able to convey that to me. Uh, and again, it was the cycle between us because mm-hmm. I wasn't safe and you didn't have the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, just you know, a lot of pain in that and loneliness, both in the experience with the two of us, but also it's like, dang. We were so involved in churches through this whole time. Mm. How did we not have anybody, literally mm. anybody that we could share? There just wasn't that atmosphere. And you know, yeah. we'd have 10 couples sitting around, and each couple thought the other nine couples were doing great. Yeah. And all yeah. 10 of us were hurting and struggling. Mm. So a lot of loneliness in that. And sadness that, really? Mm. This is the setup we have? I mean, just culture-wise, where mm. we come to church dressed up nice and you know, we even say, you know, your Sunday best you know your mm-hmm. sunday clothes i'm like yeah. oh my goodness that's really really sad and there's anger in that because mm-hmm. you know i'm so glad and that anger is what drove us to never mm-hmm. give up to go dang it we're gonna figure this thing out but there's anger now it's like man we have just really missed this mm-hmm. culturally uh so much so but again back to joy oh i just i love it that we even in the conflict, which is difficult, it's painful, but we're going somewhere and we're getting mm. somewhere. And for me to see you more fully after it, so it was worth it. It was, mm. it was, it, it had a progress. It had a price uh, to it, but it had value mm-hmm. uh, because we actually get somewhere with it. Wow, was that all? Eight? I don't know how to do. Fear. Oh goodness, fear. Hmm. I probably felt fear just at the beginning. Because I could tell that you were activated, and I had no idea mm. what was happening and where we were headed. And uh, so, yeah, it was a lot of fear. Uh, probably for, I mean, a good bit. I mean, maybe an hour. Like, what the heck is happening here? And we're on a road trip to Illinois to present the connection codes. Right, <laughs> to, right. To help these, these people know how to connect deeply and thinking, oh, okay, well, maybe we'll just cancel. <laughs> I, I just won't show up tomorrow and she can do it by herself. Mm. So there was, was a bit of fear in that. You know. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. So I think, I think for me, um, you know, the, the, I remember the, the hurt Right at the beginning was several. One, uh, when you said, um, I thought this was going to be like a 10 second mm. thing. And and I think that verbiage, I feel judged in that. Like mm. I've now caused you, you know, an inconvenience because it wasn't a 10 second thing. So mm. I think there's hurt in that. Um, mm. The, you know, the also under pain. So the sad um, in those scenarios is the, um, kind of the questions that I, and probably fear is mixed in that too, where it's like, oh man, if I don't say this right, hmm. then I'm going to be judged. You know, the, the, the jury's there, the courtroom, the judge, the hmm. lawyer. And so, um, I think there's a lot of fear that wraps up in 
for me, which mm. is the panic. I think I take, I start to panic. Mm. So there's definitely, I feel sadness in that. Um, and then I think the, um, kind of the shame and guilt is, is in how, because when I freeze, you know, it's like my, that uh, intense emotion shuts down my mm. cognition. And so I, and that panic, so I freeze. Mm. Well then I think the guilt and shame in that is that it's almost like I, I lose the ability to communicate mm. and then you get a still face, which is so painful for you. And mm. then, um, it's, it's like things spiral pretty quickly. Mm. So, uh, the, you know, the anger, I think just from the very beginning, I mean, going all back, especially when I went down the stairwell, that was so dark and scary is just the, the thought that, wow, if we'd have had any emotional health, hmm. if we'd have had any help, if yeah. someone had ever said to us before we married, after we married that, you know, given us tools to just yeah. tools that yeah. worked tools to tune into what's mm-hmm. happening for me. And then if we'd had any kind of language, so many of these things, you know, that are now traumas would have been mm. avoided. So, um, anger that, that there was no help and, uh, mm. you know, just of that. Now we have this story, right? Mm. This trauma of just, and it was just as traumatic for you. Cause you were so, you felt such a panic as far as I've got to know how to run a business, but I don't know how to run a business. I've got to provide my family and I don't do this well. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, um, so much of that is wrapped up cause that's sadness too, anger, um, of, of it all. And we definitely loneliness, so much loneliness in, in the, in those moments, like even in the car on that, that day driving, is just like, wow, I, I feel alone in this because I don't know how to communicate what's happening with me. Mm. So I feel very lonely in those moments. Mm. And I, it's like I don't have a 911 hotline mm. in the moment. Mm. Like I just Goodness. feel like I'm sitting there alone because what I'm experiencing and what you are experiencing is very different. Mm. It feels very different in those moments yeah. when when there's such heightened emotion. Mm. Um, and... Let's see, am I covering them all? I haven't mentioned joy. I think for me, the joy, of course, started with the road trip. There's joy. Mm. We love that. We love the idea of getting to go and speak. And, Mm. you know, we love sharing our story and sharing connection codes with anyone that will listen. But then the joy, we went through a kind of a valley, right? The pain. Mm. But then the joy in, wow, getting that out. Yeah. Like, whoa, it's crazy how different I felt afterwards. Like, mm. it was a physical experience, oh, yeah. which was so incredible. Oh. So there was a lot of joy on the other side of it, and even mm. joy in this moment mm. of being able to share with our audience um, a very painful experience that turned very connecting and now yeah. Is, yeah. is a joy to share and talk about. Wow. Yeah, Cool. I love it. You know, listening to you share that, I've noticed in teaching my kids the connection codes that they're always amazed when you can feel more than one emotion at the Mm -hmm. same time about something. (laughs) And that's something I really didn't even realize until 2017 when I was experiencing something and saw, wow, I can have joy and pain side by side. Like those two Mm -hmm. things can live side by side. And Mm -hmm. so in hearing you say that, you're like, I felt guilt and shame about this and fear about this. And this is one 
y'all are sharing this whole will about a three hour conversation Mm -hmm. that you had. Mm -hmm. And that also just reveals how we can become flooded. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about Mm -hmm. intense emotion shuts down cognition so that we become a dumber version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so you were sharing of, oh, am I saying it right? Am I doing this right? Mm -hmm. Is there a jury? Because you're flooded. Mm -hmm. So when you do the will, that's when you can really expose, wow, in that moment, that was a flood and it was mm-hmm. a lot for us Absolutely. to process with each other. So we really need to slow down. Mm-hmm. So if you find yourself listening and you are constantly like, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what to do. It's probably because you're experiencing a lot of emotion at one time mm-hmm. and you need to sort through what those individual emotions are before you can actually process them out Mm. and having that safe partner to do Mm -hmm. it. So thank Mm -hmm. y'all so much for sharing. I'm sure there are people listening and on so many levels, Mm. they're like, oh, I'm either there right now or I've been there. Mm. Um, Find yourself a safe place and learn, ask yourself, how can I be safe for you? Mm -hmm. And if you're saying, oh, I need this, I need more of this, you can go to connectioncodes.co to find out how to get started mm-hmm. learning what we're talking about, what mm-hmm. we're doing, you know, and, and how you can become more connected in your relationship and find that joy, mm-hmm. even in the pain. And please subscribe. We have started doing these fun new question episodes that are about 10 to 15 minutes, little hot takes. So if you have a question, Send them in mm-hmm. where the show notes are. There'll be our email address and we would love to do that with you. So Glenn. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Please know that you need this. You deserve this. So let's, let's do, do this. this. Let's do this. <laughs>